Hey, Kate. Yeah? Do we give legal advice on this podcast? Oh, gosh, no. Hostile work environment. Exactly. Hey, an appropriate workplace topic. Hostile work environment. Shut up. I'm the human resources director. Little Miss Hostile Work Environment. Hello. Welcome to the Hostile Work Environment. We are a bi-weekly labor, employment, and HR podcast. Uh, my name is Mark Alifant. I am here, as always, with Kate Bischoff. Say hello, Kate. Hello. We are here for a special episode today. We're coming at you midweek, and we just thought, let's just take a moment. We're all talking corona all the time. No, we're not going to do a non-corona episode. That'll come out on Monday next week. But we thought, let's just shame some bad actors. Let's go out and find the worst of the worst, compile a list, and let all of you who aren't doing these <laughs> things feel better about yourselves. Um, an homage to shitty employers. <laughs> yes. Uh <laughs> So should we start off with the kind of big news from yesterday? That sounds good. Yeah. So uh, for, for any of you who weren't paying close attention yesterday, uh, a lot of news hit the fan uh, related to an Amazon warehouse worker uh, who got fired after he organized an employee walkout. So uh, the basic gist of the story, just two hours after he organized a protest on Monday, over fears of a coronavirus outbreak at one of their fulfillment centers, I think in the New York area, uh, mm -hmm. he was fired. So he says, we all know this is retaliation. There's no way around it. I took a huge stand, put my career on the line, and I don't regret it. I don't know how they even sleep at night for doing what they did to me. Uh, well, he, the reason for his termination is really quite stellar. I mean, it, this so, is very cutesy lawyering. It, it, it is. Uh, Mr. Smalls received multiple warnings for violating social distancing guidelines and putting the safety of others at risk. He was also found to have had close contact with a diagnosed associate with a confirmed case of COVID-19 and was asked to remain home with pay for 14 days, which is a measure we're taking at sites around the world. Despite that instruction to stay home with pay, he came on site on March 30th further putting the teams at risk. This is unacceptable. And we have terminated his employee employment as a result of these multiple safety issues. What say you, Kate? <laughs> I say this Above is not board? great. Not uh, great. Well, so let's take the, the two issues separately. Had yeah. he organized the protest, that would be a violation of the National Labor Relations Board because he is organizing a protest about the terms and conditions of employment AKA the safety of the workplace. Sorry, just to be clear, the termination would have been a violation. Yes, the termination right. would have been the- Because the, he's engaging in protected concerted activity under the National Labor Relations Act. Yes. The, he got too close to folks and so we fired him. That also is, I mean, is that close enough to the protest? Or the, how did they get so close to each other? That one is the confusing part for me. The, we told you to stay home because you've been exposed to COVID-19 and you didn't. I think that's a relatively good reason to fire somebody. Is that yeah. would be classic insubordination. So I think there's certainly a fact issue here. Right. And it's interesting because the politicians have all come out saying we need to investigate this right away and are turning it into a really big deal. Uh, at the same time, 
I would be very interested uh, as a casual observer to, <laughs> to know and see the documentation that's been lined up. What were the, you know, what was communicated to him? What was communicated to others in the same circumstance who may have been exposed to someone who had tested positive? Are they all being asked to stay home? And they all did. Or, mm -hmm. or were they singling him out in some way? I think that this could go both ways, but I, I think if I'm Amazon, maybe I'm more worrying a little bit about the public face on it and the, you know, a how it's absolutely. hitting publicity. Absolutely. I mean, right now, so many of us are depending on Amazon. I have good friends who work for Amazon and they love working there. Uh, that said, this is a bad look. They have a huge target on their back because they're Amazon. So these kinds of right. questions are going to be huge publicity for them. Totally Negative. agree. And, you know, I say that as I sit here, you know, tap, tap, tapping on my desk and I'm waiting for my boom mic to come in so that I don't have, <laughs> you don't hear me tapping and it's three weeks out because it's non-essential. I mean, right. come on, Amazon. <laughs> okay, Mark. Okay, Mark. Yeah. All right. Uh, shall we move on? Yes. Let's talk about Hobby Lobby, Ugh. a perennial favorite for the employment law crowd. Ugh, they've never, they, I mean, it's not like they've ever been in it before, right? Oh, first of all, I don't have any hobbies, really. I don't craft. <laughs> I don't do any of that stuff. So I, I don't understand the, uh, the attraction to the store in the first place. But then their history of being just so mean. To people is just like stellar and then this story takes it to a whole new level right so in this particular case hobby lobby owner david green had previously said that they were going to keep their stores open during the virus uh situation because a vision from god told him to didn't the uh, vision tell his wife this like isn't she the one who it's touched by God. The quote I see here is a vision from God told him and his wife oh, yeah. to keep okay. the, the chain open. Uh, but despite that vision, uh, the Oklahoma-based business has closed its stores in that state and turned around to cut employee, employee pay due to the outbreak, while also terminating at least 32 employees in their corporate art and creative department. Uh, a letter sent out Friday to the affected uh, employees noted that the layoff is permanent and encouraged them to seek unemployment benefits. They were also told that a company representative will stop by homes to deliver personal belongings and company badges or equipment. Uh, wow. Mm -hmm. And then they still have stores open in Colorado. I mean, they're, they're doing mass terminations and then keeping some stores open. It's all very confusing to me, but they're, they're originally told, we'll keep the stores open for because of God, and now everybody gets laid off. Yeah, I, I should read this, and I think it, it bears out your understanding here. Uh, a message sent by him earlier in the week, David Green, the CEO, that is. In her quiet prayer time this past week, the Lord put on Barbara's heart three profound words to remind us that he's in control. Guide, guard, and groom. We serve a God who will guide us through this storm who will guard us as we travel to places never seen before, and who, as a result of this experience, will groom us to be better than we could have ever thought possible before now. While we do not know for certain what the future holds or how long this disruption will last, we can all rest knowing God is in control. Uh, and this isn't meant to be any sort of discussion no, no, on no. our part and around religion, 
uh, but it seems like an interesting business decision and hook for the business decision to try to keep the stores open originally and now kind of reversing yourself. And I, I thought there were a couple of really, you know, harsh tweets that came out, not unjustified harsh tweets. So, you know, one of them says, so Hobby Lobby waits till yesterday to close, continually exposing employees and others because it's quote unquote in the hands of God. Today, they fire people by email, no severance, no insurance. Apparently, God doesn't want the Greens to use their billions to help their laborers. Yeah, and that's what's so awful about it. I mean, I I have some very good friends who are very religious, and I love them. I don't want to disrespect their faith in any way. But Hobby Lobby has used their religion to do awful things to employees. And while they don't necessarily... Um, People who want, who are very religious, go work there in many cases. And so, if you are of a minority faith, you might not go work there because of their history. But they certainly are setting this up for a ton of religious discrimination cases going forward, not only for this behavior, but for their whole history. And they're on the record. Yeah. I mean, uh, another one says uh, they closed employees who have become COVID 19 positive because of the dangerous decision to ignore CDC guidance should sue the company. Anyone in Oklahoma who can trace their COVID 19 positive exposure to Hobby Lobby employees should sue. Okay. There's, and that I might be going it, a bit far. Yeah, that could be going because we don't know, we're not going to be able to trace it that closely anymore because of the rate at which it has spread and how quickly. So we're not going to be able to trace it necessarily right. back there, to the particular no yeah, scrapbook in aisle seven. The sentiment is one that I identify with, which is that, you know, how many more people may be exposed because they didn't take appropriate precautions. Right. Yep. Agree. All right. Moving on. Here's another mm -hmm. one that's hit this week. Hospitals tell doctors they'll be fired if they speak out about lack of gear. It's not just doctors. That's just the headline I read. It's it's doctors, it's nurses, nurses it's medical professionals generally who, I mean, I saw one, I, I tweeted it out, I think it was yesterday, of a nurse or a doctor in New York who got a Yankees poncho as <laughs> PPE, as personal protective equipment. I mean, come, come on. on, people. Yeah. Okay, so for the hospital administrators who are making the decision that we are going to terminate folks for speaking out, I want to take my right hand, because I'm stronger with my right hand, and I want to whap them up the backside of the head. I'm like, haven't we told you forever that people get to complain about the terms and conditions of employment? And certainly whether or not they have the appropriate protective gear to do their jobs without getting an infectious disease is the terms and conditions of employment. I mean, this is a blatant NLRB yeah. claim. And this is not the action you want to be taking, particularly now. We need all of these people working. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, if I'm one of those health systems, I'm out there being public about the fact that we're trying. We're trying mm -hmm. to get resources from our state and from our federal government. It's nonsense. No, our, our professionals don't have the protection they need, and we're doing everything we can. And we encourage them to be out there and publicizing this because it's not just us. Right? Yep. It's your federal government. It's your state government. We need to figure out the right way to get this material to us. And every voice adds to that chorus. Not, mm -hmm. don't do it because it might embarrass us. Yeah. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to be embarrassed if I have to be a patient going to the hospital and somebody's dressed in a Yankee poncho. That's going to make me sad. Uh, but For a bunch of reasons. Right. 
super like I feel so bad. But I'm yeah. a Mets fan. No, I'm. <laughs> I hate baseball, so <laughs> that's okay too. But yeah, no, the the voices should be trying to get the resources, not firing someone because they spoke out. Right, and I should say there are. Uh, some producers of baseball uh, uniforms that have converted to creating uh, actual masks, masks uh, that meet the uh, appropriate standards, uh, and they're still the patterns of the teams. So there are certain circumstances where that's absolutely okay, but like a regular old poncho, rain poncho from a Yankees game, that's not PPE, people. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. All right, moving on. How do you feel? about lawyers behaving badly. I am both embarrassed and tickled. That's a, when that, that sums it up well. Embarrassed and tickled. <laughs> I think you may have just named our episode there. <laughs> uh, so I've got two of them here. Uh, now, these don't specifically relate to employment, but I just want to like totally just diss on our profession here for a moment. So uh, first here, I have a... Uh, a motion for a protective order, uh, defendant NCL out of the Bahamas filed an emergency motion for a protective order last night concerning a routine snafu over the date of a corporate representative deposition. So this is just a generic deposition of a corporate rep just to ask basic things about the corporation and the corporate structure. A regular old 30B6. 30B6. United States District Judge Cecilia Altanega denied the motion because it failed to comply with the discovery procedures order, but she ordered that the corporate representative uh, deposition uh, would not take place next week. The order also explained that NCL need not provide a corporate representative until I decide the dispute. I'm reading out of the court's order here. <laughs> okay. Presumably, not. It's, I'm not deciding, Mark is not deciding <laughs> the dispute, the, the, the judge writing this order is. Uh, <laughs> Presumably, the parties will reschedule the hearing if they still can't on their own resolve a routine deposition scheduling snafu. Nevertheless, I feel compelled to offer some observations in the let's keep things in perspective department. (laughs) The entire world, I'm reading this in the voice I imagine, the entire freaking world is in the midst of a (laughs) pandemic. Thousands of people worldwide have contracted the coronavirus and there have been hundreds of virus caused deaths in the United States. Millions of Americans have been ordered to remain in their homes. Millions more have lost their jobs in the past two weeks. The stock market has taken a brutal beating in the last two to three weeks. Many people are scared. Others are panicked. Everyone is unsure about the future. Cruises have been canceled, and all the major airlines have severely curtailed their flights. We are living in an unprecedented situation. Nevertheless, (laughs) the lawyers in this case have been exchanging snippy emails over the past two weeks over the scheduling of a corporate representative deposition. Moreover, defense counsel certified that this routine discovery desktop is so important that it merits emergency status. No, no it doesn't. It does not. <laughs> does not. No, thank you. A spat over the specific day of a corporate representative deposition is hardly critical. It is, in fact, routine. If all the issues we are currently facing were to be organized on a ladder of importance, here's the money quote, <laughs> a ladder of importance, this deposition scheduling dispute would not even reach the bottom rung of a Tangrun ladder. Oh, that's a good touch. I don't know why she mentioned cruises, but I do like the it doesn't even reach the bottom rung. Okay. Right. So, so the deposition will not be taken next week. Life will go on, <laughs> but the undersigned will be requiring counsel for both 
both sides to appear for a hearing at some point, even if they work out the rescheduled date for the corporate deposition. That hearing will require the attorneys to explain their behavior in context of the far more important issues this court and the entire world is facing. Ooh, that is a sign that if you continue this case, she is going to be pissed. <clears throat> that is a definite go settle this thing. Right? Or, right? or at least, like, you know, figure out a date and do it over the phone or do it, you know, like, leave me out of it. Mm -hmm. Don't ever come to my courtroom over something stupid like this again. That right. is a good sign. Yep. All right. And I got another one here. So <laughs> this is in the United States District Court for the Northern District of Illinois. And the, love the, Illinois. Right? Chicago. I mean, it's not Florida, but. You know. <laughs> yeah, but what happens in Illinois? Woo! They're good cases. Yeah, absolutely. So this is uh, the case is Art Ask Agency Plaintiff versus the individuals, corporations, limited liability companies, partnerships, and unincorporated associations identified on Schedule A here too. Defendants. Is this a pro se case? I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> well, okay. So the reason I ask is when you don't have any specifics for who the defendants are, it's, it's typically a person who is not an attorney rep bringing the lawsuit because they My don't have enough detail. My impression from the order is that it sounds like both sides have attorneys. So quality attorneys, I'm sure. Well, and this is, this is my, like the case itself is amazing anyway. <laughs> Yay. And I may have foreshadowed this in a tweet that I sent out yesterday. This case, this is from the order by the Honorable Stephen C. Seeger. Uh, this case involves counterfeit unicorn drawings. <laughs> yes! The complaint includes a few examples of products that allegedly infringe plaintiff's trademarks, which offer, quote, striking designs and lifelike portrayals of fantasy subjects. <laughs> Lifelike unicorns. Awesome. One example is a puzzle of an elf-like creature embracing the head of a unicorn on a beach. Big hug on a beach. Big okay. hug. Elf and unicorn love forever. That are not socially distant. Well, I mean, presumably they drew this before <laughs> the coronavirus. And who knows if it's even transmissible between elves and unicorns. Unicorns. I, I, mm -hmm. Who knows? Sure, uh, I'm sure unicorns are immune. I think probably, I, I think, but it's really about the elf population that we need to be concerned. <laughs> Another is a hand purse with a large purple heart, filled with the interlocking heads of two amorous-looking unicorns. Oh. So a purse with a heart, and two and... unicorns making out, basically. <laughs> there sure, are. That's a hot seller. It's totally. There are phone cases featuring elves and unicorns and a unicorn running beneath a castle lit by a full moon. <laughs> Meanwhile, the world is in the midst of a global pandemic. The president has declared a national emergency. The governor has issued a statewide health emergency. As things stand, the government has forced all restaurants and bars in Chicago to shut their doors and the schools are closed too. The government has encouraged everyone to stay home, to keep infections to a minimum, and help contain the fast-developing public health emergency. Last week, however, <laughs> I'm adding however, 
plaintiff filed a motion for a temporary restraining order against the defendants who are located abroad and requested a hearing. This court thought it was a bad time to hold a hearing on the motion. So the court moved <laughs> the hearing by a few weeks to protect the health and safety of our community, including counsel and this court staff. Waiting a few weeks seemed prudent. Plaintiff has not demonstrated that it will suffer an irreparable injury waiting a few weeks. At worst, defendants might sell a few more counterfeit products in the meantime. But plaintiff makes no showing about the anticipated loss of sales. One wonders if the fake fantasy products are experiencing brisk sales at the moment. <laughs> well, we all want to get away right now, so. Right? Plaintiff Maybe. wants to, sorry. Maybe. Right? No. Plaintiff wants to force financial institutions to lock down accounts and require domain name registries to shut down websites, for example. Plaintiff requests an order forcing innocent third parties, such as Amazon, eBay, PayPal, Alibaba, Western Union, plus social media <laughs> platforms such as Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter, plus internet search engines such as Google, Bing, and Yahoo, among others, to spring into action within two or three days. Oh, Bing I, will be able to do that fast because no one uses it. Right. Uh, <laughs> poor Bing. Uh, uh, either the order would be a nullity or it would distract people who may have bigger problems on their hands right now. In response, <laughs> plaintiff art ask agency and its counsel, so they are representative, okay. uh, filed a motion for reconsideration. They asked this court to rethink the scheduling order. They want a hearing this week, telephonically, if need be. Plaintiff recognizes that the community is in the midst of a coronavirus pandemic, but plaintiff argues that it will suffer an irreparable injury if this court does not hold a hearing this week and immediately put a stop to the infringing unicorns and the knockoff elves. <laughs> to top it off, plaintiff noticed the motion for a hearing on March 19, 2020, a day that has already been blocked off on the court's calendar, as revealed on its webpage, for several weeks. If there's ever a time when emergency motions should be limited to genuine emergencies, now's the time. Mm -hmm. 30 minutes ago, though, this court. <laughs> learned that plaintiff filed yet another emergency motion. They teed it up in front of the designated emergency judge and thus consumed the intention of the chief judge. The filing calls to mind the sage words of Elihu Root, about half of the practice of a decent lawyer is telling would-be clients that they are damned fools and should stop. Yeah, I was gonna say, this sounds like a client control problem. Right. Uh, the world is facing a real emergency. Plaintiff is not. The motion to reconsider the scheduling order is denied. <laughs> properly so. Definitely properly so. Again, don't make a judge angry. Should be a lesson here. And if you do make a judge angry, you can't turn and point to your client and say it was the client's fault. You have to take the brunt of that as well. And you are likely to appear in front of that judge again. Don't be a dingbat. Right. You heard it here. Don't be a dingbat. <laughs> All, right. all right. I'm going to get into some other other examples of companies now. These are just from all over the place. Um, Sweet. So this is one that got a lot of play on Twitter, and I've I've got a bunch of the tweets here in front of me. Uh, are you familiar with the bird ride debacle? Yeah, the Zoom recording. Yes. Alleged Zoom recording. So, oh, okay. so yeah. So, so someone named Julia Black uh, tweets, my friend just got laid off along with 400 other employees 
by dialing into a pre-recorded Zoom message. Her manager never even called to say goodbye. The virus may be out of your control, but how humanely you handle it is not. I thought it was a great tweet. A little bit Absolutely. of hearsay there because she, she wasn't involved with it, but she just heard from a friend. Right. I think our friend Suzanne wrote about this. Uh, the real think, evil HR lady. I think she did. Yes. Yeah. And saying that it's totally okay to use Zoom at this point in time, but let's make it an actual live conversation sure. and let's not do it in a huge group. Let's have individual conversations with people, letting them know. Because there's nothing wrong necessarily with putting people on furlough or on layoff at this point in time. In fact, in many cases, that's the right thing to be doing. But right. the fact that you are doing it in a recorded call to 400 people all at the same time. It's cold. Yeah. But let's let's read on. So she then continues, Julia, that is. Next tweet says, OK, have permission to reveal it was at Bird Ride with a pre-recorded message, all caps, fuming. But then mm -hmm. the next day, well, actually, let's let's skip forward or, or skip back. Sorry. So the same day, Bird Ride responds, the Twitter account for Bird Ride, uh, with a five tweet Tweet storm, so to speak. Okay. So, tweet one uh, layoffs are never easy or comfortable to do, and COVID 19 has impacted the way they are done in at least the near term. Bird, I guess they're, they call themselves Bird, Bird had to make the difficult decision to eliminate 30% of its staff. Due okay. to CDC, WHO, and a number of government mandates, Bird employees are currently all working from home, and the impacted individuals received the news on a web based call. We purposefully and intentionally did not have any video on to protect privacy as we delivered the news live to individuals. A live speaker delivered the news over the web-based call and a slide was projected outlining additional information, including four weeks of pay, three months of medical coverage, and an extended time frame to exercise options. Each individual then received a call or email from Bird's talent team as a follow-up. We are eternally grateful to the impacted individuals and wish that the entire situation could have been avoided. Okay, okay. so how they describe how it went down, that I think that's fine. Sounds pretty okay. Yeah, it sounds pretty okay. And especially since they're, you know, providing three months of health insurance. I think that's the definite thumbs up bird. But uh right. they they could have handled it even better. They could have right had the zoom calls be from managers to employees etc and on that scale right but if that's true they're not on our list if what what i just read if what they said is true they're probably not on our list but there's there's no. more here so <laughs> Yay. julia follows up the next day with update bird has stated that the call was not pre-recorded many who were on the call have contacted me to say it sounded robotic uh, sorry robotic and that if it was a live reading of a script, it was easily mistaken for a recording. That was the general impression, which is significant. I was not mm -hmm. on the call myself, so I can't say definitively one way or another. I can say that if anything, I've only learned additional disturbing information about the handling of this whole situation since tweeting about it. I had no idea this would get so much attention, but the fact that it is hitting such a nerve shows me that this is indicative of a much wider trend. I hope that companies making difficult decisions right now will think hard about how to treat employees with kindness and respect. Mm -hmm. But then there's another couple of tweets. And these are from someone, uh, Twitter user, gogo underscore Usagi, named Jesse Perlow. Uh, my partner was in these layoffs. 
Leadership had their executive assistant deliver the news <gasps> through tears. Guess they were too busy leaking their memo to TechCrunch to do it themselves. And input packet folks learned about their severance from the TechCrunch article, not from the company. <gasps> so at BirdRide can go F themselves for acting like people are mad the layoffs were, were done over Zoom. Zoom wasn't the problem. Their awful treatment of the people they laid off was. Layoffs, quote, are never easy or comfortable to do, from their tweet, but at mm -hmm. least they should be effing humane. Oh, Adding this, assistant. Oh. Bird Ride laid 400 plus people off. The Zoom where they laid them off was capped at 250. So imagine being one of the 150 plus who had to find out afterwards. Oh, and leadership was silently on the call, taking spots from people who were actually being laid off. They're back on our list. Yeah, definite <laughs> shit list. Yep. Ooh, not great. Not great. And that poor great. assistant. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine? Like, I'm the assistant to an executive, and I'm the one who they're like, "Oh no, right. we don't. We don't want to do that." No, no, no. no. I mean, I don't mind Take responsibility. Letting, no, right. I don't mind letting people go because I've done it enough. Yeah. Um, it's, it can be really Curse hard. Of the employment lawyer, right? Right, right. I've done it enough, but it, it, particularly in this kind of situation, people are going to understand if you approach them with humanity and say, of course, oh, yeah. So this, that poor assistant, I want to give her appropriate physical distance hug. So. Virtual hugs mm -hmm. to you, assistant. <laughs> All right. Here's an interesting one. Uh, this came from Reddit, where I tend to lurk, and actually a <laughs> listener uh, sent this to me. Uh, and this is in the r slash legal advice uh, yes. subreddit, which is always a great place to hang out. Treasure trove. Uh, it's, I love it's r slash legal advice, but there is no legal advice actually given. <laughs> right. Disclaimers abound. Mm -hmm. uh, got laid off due to Corona. Boss called me back a week later to tell me he wants me part-time for way less money and he'll contest unemployment if I say no. Yeah, so the details Dick. here are amazing. <laughs> this is happening in the great state of Tennessee. So a couple of weeks ago, my boss laid me off. I was a salaried estimator, project manager, IT specialist for a concrete company. I got the unemployment paperwork into the state and approved and got the notification that they were sending it to my boss as per usual. Less than a week later, my boss called me back to let me know that he needed me back to do a little bit of project management work for him here and there, less than 10 hours a week spread out over several days. And he was going to have me do estimates on a commission basis in the meantime, was previously part of my salaried work. Now, because I have to drive anywhere between 45 minutes to four hours to get to a job or estimate site, and my drive time is unpaid, this means that I will be spending almost all of my time working for almost nothing. And half the job I was previously paid for will now only pay if I make a sale. I told him that this offer was bullshit. I never signed any paperwork changing my job duties, and he'd literally just laid me off. And he told me that he had worked for me and hadn't done the unemployment paperwork. And, quote, he wasn't going to let me just sit back and collect unemployment and not work. He mentioned it would be easy to contest it as there was no official paperwork made up yet. I didn't know this as he'd laid me off over the phone and assumed any necessary paperwork would reach me by mail or 
uh, would already mm. be done. And he was considering doing so because there was some small, some kind of small business loan they're offering now for people who don't lay off their staff. And he wanted to apply for that. If I agree to this, I'm basically going to be working a 40 or 50 hour a week for $200, whereas I was previously making $1,300, which is still incredibly small for a project management position. And in all honesty, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm way better off spending that 40 hours revamping my resume, brushing up on some skills or taking a class and applying for better jobs, even if I probably won't be getting one uh, until all this COVID-19 stuff blows over. Personally, I feel like I've somehow been blackmailed into slave labor but there's no way I'm going to be able to find another job right now. And the, if he contests my unemployment, I'm royally screwed. Is this legal? Like, what the hell kind of recourse do I have here? Okay, so I'm going to tackle this in a couple of different ways. One, he's going to get unemployment if this his layoff had to do with COVID-19. And while in most states, and I think even Tennessee, they're under a shelter in place, but uh, construction is still an essential business, so th their work still could be available. The actual employer in normal situations could be taxed higher because their experience rating would be up if th this was a layoff and he got unemployment. So if, if the owner is trying to avoid that increased tax amount for unemployment, this is a, like, that might be what his motivation is for giving him the quote-unquote alleged slave behavior. But you, if, if another job is offered to you and it has a worse commute, it has lower wages, all of those things, those are perfectly fine reasons to say no and still collect unemployment. Yeah. So I would not take the job and go with the unemployment. I don't think unemployment is going to say no. I, I don't think so it. either. And in fact, some uh, Tennessee specific advice came in later in the comments and i haven't checked to verify any of this so it, these are comments on the internet take them for what they're worth but uh uh i can't pick a name responds going from another angle under tennessee unemployment rules you are not required to accept any job for the first 13 weeks uh unless it pays 100 percent of your most recent wages yeah thus this job wouldn't disqualify you from unemployment due to you rejecting the job Right, yep. which makes sense. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'd also say, based on the kind of work it sounds like he does, like, yeah, continue to get your unemployment and say, look, you fired me. I'm not working there anymore. But if you want to hire me back on a contract basis, I'm happy to do that. Here's my hourly rate. Yep. That's one way to go. All right. Um, how are we doing on time? I'm going to move along here a little bit. <laughs> okay. Just know that there's more than what I'm sharing because there's just oh, sure. that much. All right, we're gonna move into a section here. We're gonna do rapid fire, single tweets that are great tweets. Uh, typical Portland fan, so a local says, I have a coworker who keeps saying we're family and hugging folks oh. at work. So much for social distancing. Thankfully, she doesn't particularly like me. So I'm not affected <laughs> until somebody gets sick and we all have to work harder. Okay, first of all, I have never liked the idea that at my job, we are just like family. We treat everybody like family because families treat each other horribly. So right? why, why would we want to be like family? Um, but that part, like no hugging right now. No, right. And if you see that, HR, 
Yeah, shame them. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and this was long ago enough. Maybe they hadn't quite set out, you know, the, the governor's order maybe hadn't had enough time to sink in yet, you know, so. Yeah. But still, like, it sounds like this individual is, is saying, oh, we're all in this together and we're family. So it's OK if I just ignore these rules, even though I have no <laughs> idea who you've been in contact with. Or been to Hobby Lobby in aisle nine and got COVID there. Yeah. So at Dumb Fish Bish says. <laughs> Okay. My my, uh, it's like funny because you know they all have the at and then they have the actual name, right? So this is at dumbfishbish, and the name is actually dumb shark idiot. <laughs> awesome. Uh, my coworker says that the planes that fly overhead are changing the weather with chemtrails and releasing COVID nineteen on the populace as a means to curb overpopulation and bring about the antichrist. I fucking hate these people. <laughs> Um, I live near the Minneapolis St. Paul Airport, and the amount of planes has dropped off precipitously. But I'm pretty confident they're not dropping COVID. So I, I hope not. But, <laughs> but chemtrails, though, that's a thing. Um, all right, uh, and I'm sure now I'm going to get like hate messages, like, "No, chemtrails are really a thing. Spare yourself." Uh, Resist the temptation. At Salt Foam says, it took my coworker to test positive for COVID-19 for my idiot boss to finally shut our workplace down temporarily. Uh, at MK Secretly Amazing says, whoever my boss is, they are an idiot. I work at an escape room, a place where random people spend $30 to try and be smart and touch everything before they leave. I got called in tomorrow. If I get the COVID, I'm taking the business down with me. <laughs> but also, how do you no. not know who your boss is? Yeah, that's true. But don't go to escape room. And, oh, and for the record, I have not left my house today, and I have washed my hands, so I can't touch my face. Um, but uh, for those of you no. watching on video, <laughs> yeah. no, no, that, that escape room should have been closed. And who was still going? Right. Well, well mm -hmm. we're bored. We need something to do. Um, <laughs> at Madeline Pine says, uh, my boss just sent out a long email saying he's confident we can keep the workplace safe and clean, and he's not letting us work from home. I have to laugh because it's so dumb. We work at computers all day. <laughs> okay. Uh, at Amusement Shark says, if I die from COVID-19 because my workplace is still open, at least I got to spend my final days in blue-collar hell listening to idiots bitch about Justin Trudeau. <laughs> Canadian perspective. Oh, that's awesome. Um, at Hoodie Pains says, idiot things you shouldn't do. Exhibit COVID symptoms for two weeks, not get a test, then come to work in an N95 as a protest to the city to give you more sick pay because you, quote, don't want to continue to use up vacation time instead. F you. And then he continues. No. And to my other coworker, fuck you for thinking social distancing means that I can invite people over the weekend because they've also been social distancing during the week. It's the complete opposite of what social distancing <laughs> means. Yeah, it's not five days on, two days off social right. distancing. It, it, right. It's all week, 24-7. Wow. V says, when your coworker asked you tips on how to get laid on Tinder, I was like, 
what? I mean, social distancing, man. Oh, I like the comments that it's dating right now is like dating in the 1950s. Like you've had to have lots of conversations before mm-hmm. you did anything physical because social distancing. Uh, yeah, we shouldn't be on Tinder asking how to get laid right now because assume everyone is COVID. Wow, these are beauties, Mark. I know, it's great, right? Uh, Alex, the coffee boy, coffee boy, says, in regards to social distancing, my coworker said either six feet apart or six feet under. And honestly, I don't know if I should take that as a threat. Uh, I wouldn't take that as a threat. No, I think it's- <laughs> but it's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's a little funny. <laughs> Uh, and to round out our tweet storm, uh, Shay Lowe says, so we got a new employee in my department and she has to sit right next to me so I can train her. And a coworker of mine messaged me saying, how's that social distancing going for you? <laughs> yeah, onboarding right now, it's got to be a real challenge. But woo, those are beauties. Lots on the shit list. Yeah, right. And And that was just 15 minutes of me searching Twitter. So... <laughs> Didn't take long. Didn't yeah, take I've long got, to find. Yeah. I've got a friend who sent me one where the dentist is still requiring the hygienist to come in to do dental work. But uh, like, I'm breathing on you if I'm the patient and your hands are in my mouth where my COVID is. Like, no. Thank you. All of the dental offices I'm aware of are only working emergencies right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel bad. My oldest is supposed to be in braces for 18 months, but this just extends it out that oh, much no. longer. Right? Because he can't get it tightened. He can't do all those things. So he's going to be in braces a little bit longer. He'll survive. He'll be fine. But still. All right. So I thought with all all of this wonderful negativity that we've brought so far today, maybe (laughs) we could round this out with two two employers that seem to be doing it right. Yay! And and by only including two, these are two examples. I know that there are tons and tons and lots of stories I've seen, but these are two that stood out to me in in watching this week. Uh, one comes from our friend John Hyman. Uh, okay. Uh, this is out of Cleveland Giant Eagle, which I think is a grocery chain, to give $10 million in bonus pay to employees working during coronavirus. That's wonderful. So that's fantastic. Because they are, yeah, they are saving up the grocery store workers. Right. So employees in Giant Eagle, Market District, Giant Eagle Pharmacy and get-go gas stations, as well as those working in the warehouse, will be eligible for this $10 million in bonus pay. It starts immediately and is retroactive back to the mid-March. Uh, it currently just it runs through May 2nd, but will reevaluate again based on the needs of the community. Uh, the grocery store's giant is always finding ways to support their employees and work to keep everyone safe, healthy and fit. Uh, we cannot thank our employees enough, President and CEO Laura Shapara Carrot said in a statement. They are our our heroes. They are. So that's fantastic. Awesome. And one last one. This one really, I love this one. Are you familiar with uh, Dan Price and the company Gravity? No. They made big news about five years ago. So he's the CEO, Seattle-based company, who decided to pay all of his employees oh, $70,000. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And including himself. Yeah. Including himself. Now he has others who make more than that, but minimum salary at the company is $70,000 and he decided to pay himself the minimum. Yep. Yep. And he's huge dividends since then. Right. Right. And so great, great leadership, great example of leadership. Um, So they're back in the news. 
So okay. they they run a payment processing uh, company for small businesses, and this is hugely impacting their clients, which means it's hugely impacting mm -hmm. them. So looking at the numbers, they figured out that in order to stay open, they would have to lay off 40 employees out of their 210. Wow. Okay. So uh, they, I'm just trying to scan through the article here, across all of our merchants, there's a 55% drop, drop in revenue uh, over the last month. Uh, at the current rate, Price said the company would be out of business within four to six months. Mm. Um, so on March 19th, he called a company-wide meeting to let employees know the state of the business and solicit creative strategies for navigating the next few months. He and Gravity COO Tammy Kroll scheduled 40 hour-long meetings with small groups of employees to check in and gather ideas. We put all oh. our cards on the table, Price says, and we listened. First, employees agreed that they wanted to avoid raising fees for Gravity's customers, which Price says are already suffering losses between 40 and 80% in revenue. Together, the team settled on an unconventional strategy. Each person was given a form that allowed them to privately express how much, if anything, they could sacrifice financially in terms of a pay cut. Uh... Six people said they would be willing to give up their entire salary for several months if necessary, if it meant there'd be no layoffs. Two dozen said they would give up half their paycheck. And even those who had significant financial obligations said they would be willing to shave off a small percentage of their salary. Every single person in the company took a voluntary cut of some kind. That gets me like super choked up. Uh, although leadership then decided nobody's cut could be more than 50%. Yeah. Uh, every member of the management team took large pay cuts. Uh, overall, the voluntary cuts amounted to a 20% decrease in salary expenses, uh, which Price says gives the company a runway of nine to 12 months, uh, and no employees were laid off. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Crazy good, right? Yeah, crazy Talk good. about creative, transparent mm -hmm. leadership. It's just... Right. And there, you go research this company, like there's all sorts of stuff out there for them with pay equity and how mm -hmm. they don't have any pay equity issues because everybody's salary is public. Um, mm -hmm. Like and everybody's making 70,000 anyway. Uh, I just think what a there's a lot to be learned from how they run their company. Absolutely. Makes me want me what makes me want to be a customer. So. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you for ending on a positive. Right. Note, Mark. You are very welcome. Um, I think so. We've been going for about 45 minutes. I think we will call our special episode to an end there. Uh, before we go, though, can you let the people know where to find you? So right now. Not your home best... address. Not your home <laughs> yeah. address, but other kinds of finding. Socially uh, distant finding. Yes. So I would go to thrivelawconsulting.com, all one word. I've been putting up a lot of information related to COVID, including some webinar recordings there. Otherwise, you can find me on LinkedIn or the Twitters because I love the Twitters. So. All right. And you can you? find, oh, well, yeah, you can find us on Twitter at HWE Podcast for the podcast. I'm at Salad Pants. Um, <laughs> there is actually technically an alifanslaw.com that is live now, but there's no content and my name is spelled wrong. So <laughs> I don't know. You can all go to it, but, you know, don't send me nasty grams because, you know, no. I don't know how to spell my own name. 
So, uh, but maybe even by tomorrow when this comes out, there will be some uh, additions and changes to it. But just getting it live was the first step. And then, yeah, you know, getting something basic up there, hopefully before the end of the week is my next step. So. Good goal. Good goal. All right. We will be back on Monday with a regular episode continuing our series on the cases that made employment law what it is today. Awesome. And COVID free. COVID free. No COVID. COVID free stuff. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.